everyone, and welcome to the Texas Hemp Coalition podcast. I'm your host and executive director of the Texas Hemp Coalition, Alyssa Mullen. And today we have an awesome guest that I have known since the inception of hemp legislation in the state of Texas, Mr. Henry Baez of Hemp Building Ventures. Henry, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Can't complain. You know, enjoying our uh, so-called mild summer here in Austin. It's very rainy and wet, which is crazy. Yes, and haven't really broke a hundred too often, so kind of enjoying that. I know, it's very rare for us down here, especially in Central Texas, because I always remind myself that it's like 10 degrees warmer than it is everywhere else. Absolutely. Well, well, that's great. Henry, thank you for being here today. And, and everyone, I had stated that I've known Henry kind of since the beginning in 2015 when they first brought the hemp bill to the state of Texas to really talk about the cultivation of the hemp plant in being grown you know, nationwide and in our state. Henry was walking through the offices, you know, educating legislators, um, staffers, our citizens of the state of Texas. So really, we have him to thank for one of the reasons that hemp was brought to the state of Texas. So it's kind of cool to come full circle now, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it's crazy to see what the industry here in Texas and even on a national level has changed so dramatically since um, I got involved in, in the hemp industry back in 2014, 2015. So um, it's exciting. Um, and, you know, Texas, I'm born and raised in Miami, Florida, but I've lived here for 15 years in Austin and Texas is my home. So anything that I can do, you know, to help elevate this industry and the state, um, I'm here to do it with a passion. So. Well, and we're happy to have you here as one of our pioneers and leaders. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Hemp Building Ventures, and how you got involved in the hemp space. Yeah, my path is a little bit um, maybe untraditional than most, but um, was born and raised in Miami, Florida, Cuban-American, moved to Austin, Texas back in 2006 to finish school. And like many people that move out here, fall in love with Austin and just ended up staying, Uh, ended up getting involved into the real estate industry after I graduated from college at St. Edwards University. And um, when I was starting to uh, get into the real estate industry, I was involved with quite a bit of new construction. And I've always been very uh, alternative thinking in terms of health and sustainability um, and, and homes and things of that nature and was scrolling through my Facebook pages one day and saw that the Hemp Industry Association uh, was hosting a hemp building workshop in Berthoud, Colorado, uh, taught by International Hemp Building Association founder Steve Allen, uh, very uh, well-renowned in the hemp building world and had no idea what hemp crete or hemp building was Uh, All I knew that a lot of the ways that we were building, especially on the projects that we were working on, were very toxic, non-sustainable, and really was looking for an alternative to improve the quality and health of our structures. So ended up going out to that hemp building workshop and was completely blown away. Um, I thought, you know, didn't really know much about hemp at that point, really only knew about marijuana. Um, and really opened my world to what industrial hemp was, and especially on the building side of things. So at that time, the HIA was starting their state chapter program. So I ended up becoming one of the co-founders of the Texas HIA back in 2015, and uh, teamed up with a couple people, and we actually started, um, you know, educating 
representatives and really trying to bring the industry um, to light here in Texas. And there are actually a few companies that are already uh, using and, and manufacturing, you know, hemp uh, based products like Hemp 360, um, uh, Good Seed Burger, and, you know, other companies that were really wanting to uh, use uh, hemp based materials. Um, my passion, though, was always on the on the building side of things. So after I went to that workshop, I had this passion to really try to bring and educate people on these uh, types of building materials to improve the quality of the real estate and construction markets in Central Texas. So continue to go to hemp building workshops. I went to one in Asheville, helped on a house out in Marfa, Texas. Um, when I learned about what Steve Allen was doing with the International Hemp Building Sym uh, Association, he would always put on a symposium. And typically they're in Europe, so it was a little bit hard for me to get away. And one year he ended up doing it in Montreal. And that really opened my eyes to uh, what the potential for hemp building could be. I've never seen so many projects, multiple people from all over the world talking about how they use these types of hemp building materials and their projects, uh, the benefits of, of hempcrete and really connected with that community. And um, from that, I really wanted to bring a project to Austin, Texas. So ended up uh, teaming up with a, a local architect um, at, from Community First Village. His name was Cody Gatlin. And I wanted to do something for the community, but also we were still in the process of trying to get legislation passed here in Texas and wanted it to be an example for our representatives to show them, hey, this is just more than CBD. Uh, there's a huge construction industry that could really bring revenues and support our local farmers. So uh, we ended up uh, with Cody Gatlin, a builder, Doug Cameron with EcoSafe Spaces, and with the blessing of Alan Graham, the founder of Community First Village and Mobile Loaves and Fishes, which is a community for the chronically homeless and disabled, uh, we were able to raise $40,000 and build a tiny hemp home out at Community First Village. Um, so that was a passion project of mine, really wanting to educate people, involve the community, raise awareness. Uh, a little bit later from that, uh, ended up being one of the co uh, founding board members for the U.S. Hemp Building Association to really help bring hemp-based building materials to the mainstream market. And, um, and then later, uh, late last year in 2020, ended up founding Hemp Building Ventures uh, to be more of a consultant and a real estate developer using um, you know, hemp-based and sustainable materials. So uh, my background is in real estate, been working in real estate since uh, 2010, and really hoping to integrate that into my practice also. Well, we're excited to have you on this podcast today just to talk a little bit more about the industrial side of hemp because we're so focused on cannabinoids right now, which, you know, has been a moneymaker. But ultimately, we know that fiber will be the market in the state of Texas for building materials or, or whatever else that it can be used for historically rope. Um, but we really think that's where the market is going. So, so what are you seeing in Texas as far as the fiber market goes? Or do you think that that's something that can come uh, pretty soon? Do you think that we're helping set up that infrastructure? What, what, just what are you seeing? Yeah, um, in terms of health, I know when we met with the department, the Texas Department of Agriculture, uh, they were just as excited about the industrial side of things as we are. 
But I think the most important thing to really help this side of the industry get growing is encourage farmers um, to start to grow industrial type varieties and also make sure that those farmers have the processors and end products uh, to make sure it's a profitable venture. So setting up processing facilities. I've heard of you know, a few, just like you have, I'm sure, of, of different processing facilities coming online. Um, but we're just waiting you know, to, to see those come to full flourishing. But also I think what's most important is to kind of have those things work together to encourage the farmers to start to test the varieties of different industrial hemp crops and also to get the refinement on the processing side, uh, especially for certain building materials or even if it's you know, something for you know, hemp insulation or hempcrete or hemp wood, uh, even wovens. Uh, to really to, to start to refine those processes um, so when we can go to market, you know, we can bring and then continue to improve the quality of those products. Right. And, and I agree. We've heard of so many uh, processors they may be coming into the state of Texas, and I think we're all crossing our fingers hoping that those will happen because we have such a huge landmass here in Texas for growing for fiber. And, you know, we've heard of the Texas tri-crop, you know, where you can, you know, grow for seed, fiber, flour, so our farmers can make, you know, money on three different parts of the hemp plant. Um, so for our people that are listening who are trying to get into the industry, they don't know if they want to grow for cannabinoids, uh, flour, for fiber, what is some advice that you can give them if they're wanting to get into the fiber market? Yeah, at least for me, and um, Full transparency, I'm not an expert farmer or, or processor, but just from the education and, and connecting with people in the industry, my advice would be, I think it's important for people to, to attempt to grow industrial type varieties. But, you know, a lot of people that are here is like, hey, we want to grow a thousand acres and 2000 acres because we have all this land mass. But I think it's important to really keep that size down and manageable so you know how it goes those first few seasons and continue to scale from there. I think if you kind of overload and, and, and stress yourself out in terms of growing for this huge mass and then you have all this, this biomass that you know isn't getting processed or, or used, I think refining that and seeing how those varieties do is more important than, than trying to scale so largely. So uh, that would be my first piece of advice to start small and go from there and then really refine, you know, the processing side of things as well. So like you mentioned, a tri-crop uh, for a farmer that, you know, is looking to potentially uh, maximize their profits, or even if it's, you know, just a, a one, a, a one-stop crop where they're just going to, you know, solely grow uh, for biomass and construction materials and really refining like, hey, this is the market I want to, uh, to service or, you know, a more profit driven or whatever that might be um, and really find your niche, but do your research and make sure also that you have a good, trustworthy and experienced team or a team that's hardworking and willing to learn and adjust as needed to, to continue to improve the outcome of, of your crops. I completely agree. And I think that's wonderful advice. And, you know, you've been involved in this, you know, sector of the industry for a while now. And, and obviously with hemp building ventures, you're kind of doing consulting on real, real estate development. Um, you live in Austin, which is one of the fastest growing cities in our nation. Are you seeing any 
builders, architects that are wanting to use hemp material for building? Yeah, we are. We're seeing a, a growing interest, uh, especially for just sustainable products. And I think as they do that research where they're looking for products that have a very low carbon footprint or are non-toxic, uh, hemp-based materials is right on the top of that list. So I think we're really starting to see more exposure on the building side of things and architects uh, wanting to incorporate that into their projects, developers, builders, uh, not to a mass scale, um, but they're, they're really starting to, to come up. So I think it's also an educational thing, just like we need to educate people on industrial hemp. Even on a more specific level, we need to educate people on those hemp-based materials, you know, why are they sustainable? Why are they non-toxic? And how do they improve the quality and perform performance of homes? And also really begin to hone in on what are what is the cost of Im implementing these types of materials? How much more price per square foot would increase on a home? Are the benefits of those additional costs worth it for us, uh, depending on what the consumer is? And then also with the long vision of seeing um, as the industry grows, hey, are those uh, material costs going to come down as we begin to bring processing and, and uh, farming here locally that could help uh, begin to reduce those, those costs that we, that we incur from importing and other, other types of issues that we have from the supply chain right now. Right. And so you bring up a good point of locally sourced hemp. Right. So do you think that that brings some advantage to the market, having maybe locally grown hemp that's, you know, or a fiber genetic that's close to a city that may be using these materials for building? Absolutely. Yeah. When it comes to sustainable building and really trying to emphasize what our carbon footprint is, um, really localizing your supply chain is huge when it comes to the embodied energy of our structure. So getting a little bit into the building science realm of things, there, there's two types of, of, ener of embodied energy that, that we look at, right? There's operational energy, which is just, you know, how much energy does it take to, to run the structure that you're in? And then there's the embodied energy, which takes into account all of the energy from manufacturing, growing, transporting, um, operational energy and, and what is the, the end use and life of that structure and is, is it recyclable as well. So hemp really checks off a lot of the important boxes of an embodied energy uh, structure and, and trying to keep that as low as possible. So if we're able to localize our supply chain in terms of the growth of, of the industrial hemp, localize the processing here as well, um, and have it in, in a close radius to where those end products are going to be installed and built into homes, you've really reduced a lot of the energy needed, um, you know, to get those, those materials to those homes. So instead of importing, you know, say materials from Canada or China or from Europe, we've really localized that supply chain. And also there's something that I've always said that's kind of um, exciting and empowering about this whole industry, especially on the industrial and building side of things. Just kind of like we had the uh, farm to table movement here in the States, really wanting to know where our local foods came from. I feel like industrial hemp uh, for the building industry can really bring kind of a farm to home type of environment as well, where, hey, we sourced you know, our insulation you know, from this farm and processor that's only a couple hours away 
uh, from the home that we're going to move into. So I think that's really encouraging and exciting for people to understand that, you know, we're really localizing things. And, and that's the way I've always felt things should be. You know, we have such an incredible, huge, beautiful state with so many resources and different regions that we can really, if we, if we focus on it, localize our, our building materials as well. That's a great point to bring up farm to table is, has been so huge in especially Austin, but kind of like around the nation now and around the world. And I, I think that building materials, people are trying to find a more sustainable way to build their homes. Obviously we know that hemp has a lot of benefits. It's non-flammable. Um, it's, it is sustainable. And, and I can see people kind of gravitating towards that. We just need that infrastructure set up. Absolutely. So, you know, speaking about infrastructure and hoping that these processors are coming into the state of Texas, what do you see as far as infrastructure wise, what do we need in the state of Texas to be able to support this fiber market so that we can use these materials? Yeah, first and foremost, we need farmers to start to grow industrial varieties and hopefully have, you know, processors ready to help them process process it to end products or uh, materials that will be used for, you know, building, clothes, whatever that might be, uh, to get them to use those end products as well. So I think that's step one. Um, and then at, at the same time, we, we do need to educate. We need to educate the industry. Um, I know, like you've mentioned as well, you know, there's there's a lot of focus that's been on the cannabinoid market, which is great. It's brought a lot of health benefits and 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 a lot of education in, on that side of things. But I think more and more people are seeing, hey, you know, to continue to grow this industry at scale and really support our, our rural farming uh, communities, we need to, to really educate and focus on the industrial side of things as well. So I think it's actually doing the work, farming and processing, educating people on what type of products can be used from this type of biomass, and then really start to market and, and have those and consumers and companies that are going to market and educate people on the type of products and why you should you should be purchasing these types of products uh, to really get the market excited to to engage as well. Yeah, let, we know that fiber is probably where our market is going, and we can see this. But you know, realistically, you know, what do you think the timeline is that we'll get to that point? Yeah, if I had to to put a Vegas bet on it, I would yeah. probably go with a three to five year plan, hopefully closer, closer to three. Okay. I think people could, you know, start to do, you know, grow the industrial uh, crops, you know, immediately and maybe find some, you know, smaller way or manual way of processing or, or really start to, you know, there are a lot of hemp builders out there that are looking for, um, you know, certain types of hemp. Uh, hemp, uh, hemp herd, which is the woody core of the hemp stock that they use for hempcrete and really start to understand, hey, what are the specifications that you're looking for? Or, hey, if we're looking to go to, to the fiber market, uh, what type of processing or equipment do we need to really start to do that research? Uh, even, you know, for hemp paper, uh, what type of processing and pulp or, or, or just infrastructure do we need to start to get that going at a, at a larger scale? So, really looking at all of the different varieties and industries that can be served from industrial hemp uh, biomass and really start to reach out to the, you know, the companies and people that are interested on that side of, of processing and, and products 
and work backwards from there so we can show the farmers and the processors, hey, these are the different industries that are going to need this type of, of crop and this type of processing um, to help support and fulfill uh, the products that they're looking to sell. Right. So it's like bridging the gap basically between industries because, you know, hemp is an industry, but also there's a construction industry out there that are looking for these materials. Yeah. Hemp plastics as well is another huge industry. Uh, that's something that's more, you know, maybe more obtainable and more instantly palatable right now. Um, you know, they've already made, you know, hemp filaments that are used with other, um, you know, vegetable type filaments as well. And I know that there's industries already implementing some of that. So if we can scale that as well. So it just really, you know, you have to find your niche and, and really kind of focus on that. And, and also, I think it's so important to go to these trade shows um, and meetings and, and meetups with people to understand, hey, I'm getting into the industry. This is what I'm looking to do. You know, these are the, the gaps that we need to bridge. How can we support each other? to really help this industry grow and flourish. So uh, I think for me in the beginning of, of getting into these industries, those trade organization conferences and meetings and meetups were just so valuable, just networking and connecting with people and, and knowing, hey, oh my gosh, you're starting a, a processing facility once you get that going or you know, having the farmers meet with those processors and the marketing and end and product users um, to really connect and understand like, hey, this is, you know, the market that we have right now and how do we grow it to, to help it flourish? Yes, I think that's a great point. I know that going to all of these expos and conventions really helps us all come together um, to kind of meet like-minded individuals in all aspects of the industry because, you know, it's more than just cannabinoids. There is fiber and fiber is going to be this massive market. So you talk about getting involved in these trade organizations. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the uh, U.S. Hemp Building Association and your involvement in that. Yeah. So the USHBA was um, founded by Eric McKee and um, it kind of came out of, uh, you know, a need that we found that uh, we needed here in the United States uh, through um, meeting at the International Hemp Building Symposium uh, from Steve Allen, like I mentioned, the International Hemp Building Association, and saying like, hey, we need something like this in the United States. You know, Europe and other countries, even Australia, have really, you know, been doing this for, for quite a while, especially Europe, where it's already kind of embedded in their building codes. They have uh, processes and procedures, quality control certifications to approve these types of materials, their performance and such. So here in the United States, we we're really missing that piece. There wasn't an organization that was really championing, you know, helping to get these into building codes to, to potentially help fundraise to get certain uh, building uh, certifications to be approved materials uh, into the built environment. So. Uh, we put a, a group together, it was Eric McKee, and when we were out there, it was myself and uh, Maddie Mead and, and Tommy Gibbons of Hempitecture, who are doing amazing work as well. And we're like, hey, we really need an organization to, to champion this. So um, Eric founded it. We had an amazing founding uh, board of directors that have really been pushing this. Um, and right now with uh, Jacob Waddell, um, who's the president right now, they're really, you know, pushing to, to start to get these certifications, to get more uh, education out there. 
and really try to support the builders and uh, people in the hemp building industry, give them the resources and support that they need to encourage um, the use of these types of materials. So, you know, that's really what, you know, the Hemp Building Association is about. And, you know, for me, coming from the real estate side of things, I really wanted to make sure that we were reaching out to, you know, the National Association of Realtors, the American Institute of Architects, and in the Home Builders Associations, really, you know, the big players that have been around in the, in the building and real estate industries for a while and, and connect with them and educate them um, about, you know, the type of projects and the performance and what are the, the gaps that we're needing to bridge as well uh, to really make these types of materials um, implementable in the mainstream construction and real estate markets. Yeah, and there's a huge importance for that because, again, we think we keep talking about bridging the gap, and it's so necessary for all of these other industries and organizations to realize that there is an opportunity to use the materials that we are growing. You know, we say that hemp is a plant, and there are a ton of byproducts that come from that plant. Um, growing for fiber, you know, you can have hempcrete, use the herd, you can build your homes with it. I mean, it, the opportunities are endless, really. Yeah, absolutely. And just like any trade organization, you know, that's out there, you know, if you find your niche, you know, really get involved with that trade organization and connect with people, you know, in that group. And, you know, or if you're more broad and you don't know kind of what direction you want to go, maybe just go with them with a broader uh, trade organization until you find your passion and the niche you really want to, to dive into. So I think the work that, you know, you're doing and we're doing here with the, the Texas Hemp Coalition really helps here at, at a local level. But, you know, we're also affiliated with so many other incredible, you know, hemp trade organizations and, and groups because uh, we all need to support each other in the infancy of this industry to make sure it flourishes and grows uh, in, in a proper way. I agree completely. Well, you know, I want to get a little bit more into before we jump off the podcast is more about hemp building ventures. So what services do you provide? And if someone's interested in getting in contact with you, how do they do that? Absolutely. So hemp building ventures uh, is a, is a consulting company of mine uh, right now, pretty much just help connect the pieces to uh, either it be, you know, an individual, an architect, a builder, developer who wants to use these types of materials, but has never really heard about hemp-based materials. So really educate them, consult them. Um, there's a great network already of hemp builders that are out there or hemp-based products and, and kind of lead them in that direction. Um, and then also in, here in the near future, we're looking to do some developments. Uh, so potentially be a catalyst, you know, to acquire uh, some real estate and, and use these types of materials to, to showcase the performance and the quality of them as well. So, and I, I think it's just important, you know, a lot of people get inspired by kind of seeing, touching and feeling and going into these structures to really be, you know, hemp building ventures help be a catalyst to, uh, to bring more sustainable hemp based uh, structures and developments into the mainstream market, more specifically here in Central Texas. Great. So, you know, listeners, if you are interested in the fiber market and hemp, if you are a real estate developer, you are an architect, uh, you know, construction, and you're interested in using these hemp building materials, Henry is a wealth of knowledge. He's obviously, you know, very involved in the industry and can help connect you to the players to make sure that you're as successful as 
possible. So Hemp Building Ventures really is that consulting company that can help you. So how can people find you guys so that they can get in contact with you? Yeah, easiest way, um, directly email henry at hempbuildingventures.com. Also, um, Hemp Building Ventures on Instagram. And yeah, and just directly through there and always open to, you know, to have an initial conversation, chat about kind of what are your goals and, and see how we, we can help uh, bring them to life. I think that's excellent and something that's definitely needed here in Texas. And I wanted to touch on something that you're planning for the end of October real quick. So our listeners who are interested in this market can uh, attend. So tell us a little bit about that event. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's the third annual uh, hemp building summit. It's um, put on by hemp which is a hemp building company uh, based out of Idaho. And uh, they held the first two out there, the first one in Ketchum, Idaho, the second one was virtual due to COVID. And then um, I encouraged them, I'm helping produce the event to to bring it down to to Austin, Texas. It is at a beautiful building, uh, the Austin Downtown Library, uh, LEED certified, very sustainable, uh, one of the most beautiful architecturally designed libraries practically in the world, I would say. I agree. Um, and so we're bringing um, the theme this year, it's theory and practice. So uh, one of our keynote speakers is Chris Magwood. Uh, he has the Endeavor Center based out of Canada. Is a wealth of knowledge and a builder in all types of sustainable uh, building methods, uh, hemp as well. Um, there are multiple uh, projects that have gone on across the states. Uh, so we're going to have those builders and project managers talk about their projects. There was an incredible house done in Pennsylvania that was actually um, that got a grant from the Pencil, Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture, 200000 to help renovate a house using hemp-based materials uh, for an affordable house. And um, so we have just a, a whole array of speakers we're bringing um, some speakers from the uh, American Institute of Architects, their committee, the Committee on the Environment, to talk about their framework for excellence and sustainability. So you're going to meet a bunch of uh, people who are into sustainable, healthy building, um, hemp-based uh, building methods, uh, projects that have gone on across the states. We're going to talk about processing. We're going to talk about something that we didn't get into too much. Maybe it's another episode, but in like the details of, you know, hemp building uh, exactly and using different line plasters that are very compatible with hemp-based materials um, and really just be a a catalyst to continue to grow the the hemp building industry itself. So we'll also have a a huge market update from the U.S. Hemp Building Association. So um, you can go to thehempbuildingsummit.com and get more details and we're, we're finalizing the speaker list and the agenda. And so it'll be October 29th through the 30th. Great. Well, we know that we will be there. We're excited about it to get involved in this side of the industry, obviously under your guidance. And we're so blessed that you are one of our executive founding board members of the Texas Hemp Coalition. We couldn't be more excited to have you. So guys, if you're interested in you know, hemp being used as a building material. Um, if you're looking into the fiber market, Henry is your guy. He's very well connected. So remember hemp building ventures, Mr. Henry Baez. Thank you for being with us today. And uh, we hope to have you on for another episode to get to dive a little bit more into the details. I would love that. And, and thank you, Alyssa, for all that you're doing and with the Texas Hemp Coalition and for our industry. 
uh, we wouldn't be where we're at without you either. So thank you for everything that you've done as well. Of course. Well, thank you. And uh, we'll see everyone on the next episode.